3: Look out, it's only films to be buried with. Rewind classic. Hello there, this is Brett Goldstein. We're taking a short break between seasons, so in the meantime, enjoy this absolutely banging Rewind Classic until we return on August 9th with a brand new season of unbelievable new guests and episodes. In the meantime, I've curated some of my all-time favourite episodes, so sit back, or run, or walk, or drive, or sleep, or bang, or whatever you do to these, no judgments, and I very much hope you enjoy this episode of Films To Be Buried With. Rewind Classic. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by a writer, a actor, a podcaster, a thinker, a philosopher, a sensitivo, a hero a legend, a spirit guide, and a spirit follower. Please welcome to the show, the
4: brilliant Moon Zapper. Hello, thank you for having me. That was a lovely intro. I'm going to start crying already.
3: Hi Moon, how are you? I'm already weepy. So Moon and I, we've only met once before and we met doing the WGA podcast where I was the guest, she was the host and I'd describe it as like the best therapy session I've ever had (laughs) and and it was free and I thought oh I'd like to turn the tables, aggressively turn the tables (laughs) and I'd like to get Moon on my podcast and I'd like to hear about your life. So that's why we're here.
4: That's that's great. Yeah, like I said, I was uh, when you asked me, I thought, "Oh, that sounds like fun." And then the more I thought about it, I thought, "This is really difficult." And I realized I don't even watch movies I think the same way other people watch them. I've never watched them just to be like, "Oh, I feel like relaxing. I'm going to watch something," or "Oh, it's never been entertainment."
3: How do you watch them?
4: I think it's always been me trying to understand my family of origin and saying, does anybody have any information? So even as a kid, before I knew I could go to therapy, there was such a thing as therapy. I was just Mm -hmm. trying to make sense of the external world and the world I was subjected to, and then my interior life and my reactions to it. I think I was just looking for, does anybody have answers for me? So as I looked at these Uh, films and I was thinking, these movies, I don't even know if I like them because they're just the movies that absolutely built the structure of me and saved my life
3: you are the you're the perfect guest for this that is how you should be watching films anyone who's watching films to escape get out (laughs) that's that's great well then this should be very interesting um and also do you feel the same way about all all things do you feel the same way about music and books and or particularly films
4: definitely absolutely right definitely yeah you i think so I find it
3: interesting. I've done this podcast for a while and there's a question on it, what film do you most relate to? And I'm surprised by a lot of people saying, Oh, I don't really know the answer to that. I've never really thought about it. And I always think,
4: What? <laughs> I like, what do you mean? Don't you mean all the films? I don't really understand. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing too. Which which character in the film or the director or the writer? Mm. Like there's so many ways to be like, which thing am I? And then I'm always fascinated yeah. by why did I pick that thing? Why am I? Why am I rooting for that character, not the other one? It's so fascinating. Yeah. And then if you don't feel represented, I think that's one of the reasons why I became a writer. I was like, well, I don't don't see myself in all the ways I want to see myself. I see a piece of myself there, but I'm still not here yet. And have you written films? Yes, I have not sold any, but I've written a few. And... uh, Yeah, it's it's been an interesting journey. I, I'm I'm looking forward to when they when they actually all meet daylight. Let's say
3: that's a very nice. Well, I'm not sure you want your films to meet daylight, though. <laughs> I want my films to meet a darkened room. <laughs> Less, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just a different way of looking at it. Oh, Moon, I've yeah. forgotten to tell you something. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh no. What you
4: can do. You- you can tell
3: me you don't mind if i just tell you i no. should have maybe said this before we were recording look we i'm not i said i'd say i'd cut it if you're uncomfortable with this but i feel like that might jeopardize the episode i'll just tell you i'll tell you uh you uh, you've died you're dead wait what what yeah 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 is this a joke yeah. no no this is real no jokes you literally froze when i said that as well your screen froze your <laughs>
4: no I, I i i was i was trying to feel what that would feel like if i feel relief or not i think i feel relieved do you a bit well, that's, mm-hmm. yeah
3: that's nice and we, we better check in with you at the end of the episode <laughs> uh. You feel a bit relieved. Do you, do, you, do you know how you died? How did you die?
4: Well, here's the thing. I'm a powerful manifester. I, I really do believe in the written and spoken word. You kind of conjure your life. So my request is to die peacefully in my sleep in real life. But for the purpose of a storytelling adventure, I have a couple different scenarios. The one I'm going to go with, though, I think is a standoff. I'm a I'm a cult leader. But oh, a misunderstood, great. yeah, yeah, misunderstood. Actually, I'm, I'm actually one of the decent ones, and um, there's a hostile standoff, and I'm martyred. Yeah, it's really more like a hotel.
3: Are you shot to death by FBI?
4: Yes, I am. Yes,
3: FBI shoot you. You're in a hotel room with your with your followers.
4: No, no, no. It's it's the my 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 cult experience. It's a Tuscany, an estate in Tuscany, and it's uh, more like a hotel for friends, like a spa kind of a feeling. Oh, this <laughs> and, sounds like a great cult. Oh, it's fantastic. And then they, yeah, they storm in and they, they've got it all wrong. And then I'm martyred.
3: What's the, what's the ethos of your cult?
4: Of this particular one? The one that
3: you're, you're martyred for?
4: The ethos would be, uh, make yourself as happy as possible for as long as possible, mm. but doing good for the world and for yourself.
3: Right. What a tragic way to go. Just when you were spreading that quite good message. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope that that message lives on through your Your followers also shot to death by the FBI in Tuscany. Oh,
4: I hope not. I That'd hope be so not. awkward.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, how long had they uh, sieged the hotel? How long were you? How long was this standoff?
4: I, I'm going to say it was pr- pretty quick. They, it was just such a misunderstanding. They got the call a bit late. Right, right. Okay. Like, so reception they're,
3: they're... called you and said, "Hey, and you said I oh, know I don't need my room cleaned." And they said, "No, no, just to let you know, FBI."
4: I'm com- No, I was completely caught off guard. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was completely caught off guard. They stormed in, then they did what they did, and then they got the message uh, it's called off. It's she's fine. She she checks out. Wow. And then they're like, "Oh, do we went, go with the cover-up
3: or oh and fuck. then they had to kill all your followers because they're they <laughs> <witnesses>. oh god <laughs> i, such I a didn't lovely say cult. that no i, I know not but say that. <laughs> I'm not, this is just the facts are the facts and it's, it's a, <laughs> listen
4: it's a tragic story but a great netflix documentary do you worry about death Oh, of course I do. Every minute, it's the thing that drives every single thing I do. From making a cup of tea, is this the last? Is this the last and best cup of tea I can have? Is this the the best way I can do? I'm always trying to be like, is this the best possible way I can do this thing? In case this is the last time I do this thing. That's pretty great. It's exhausting. Is
3: it or is that? Yeah, that's tiring. <laughs> nice way to approach a cup of tea, though. <laughs>
4: Think, it makes me well, a snob, a tea snob. It makes me a snob across the board, actually.
3: Because you're like, this isn't good enough if because everything is your last. This isn't good enough yeah. for my last tea. This isn't good enough yeah. for my last meal.
4: That's a terrible mm. mantra, but I guess that's what's happening.
3: Wow. That, how long have you been that way in class? Oh, since
4: birth, since birth, pretty much. I would
3: say. No time where you weren't worried about imminent death.
4: I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. I have started Jungian therapy recently. And when you go back to the pre-verbal, like, what was I feeling and thinking and trying to articulate? I don't think I ever have had a feeling of like a calm nervous system ever. So I think I always had some sense of like, whoa, what's happening here?
3: Just, you think you were just <laughs> born that way? Born in a panic?
4: I do think that that's what happened. I think part of it is honestly, because when my when I was in utero, my mom's dad died. And I think I was flooded with the grief hormone. And then my father was touring. So here's this 22 year old girl suddenly having to take care of a baby and she's a baby herself in a basement apartment on Jane Street in New York City. And I think that uh, that wasn't a great uh, opening scene. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Fuck. I mean. So I have a totally different nervous system than my siblings because it's the, a different thing was happening. They weren't born through abject grief. <laughs> no, That's they fascinating. weren't.
3: fascinating. Yeah. So they're all pretty chill. They're, well,
4: um, I wouldn't say chill, but uh, <laughs> they're what? not as sad as I am. Let's say that. Okay. I li- literally, I can be touched by absolutely everything. Hmm. What do you think happens when you die? Well, I do believe that there's, I believe in the Akashic records. And I don't know why I believe in this, but I do believe that it's like there's a forever library that you can tap into at any time. That's already your death self that can access this thing and know all things at all times. Um, and so I, I like to imagine that when you go, you just shed the thing that's holding you back from knowing it all the time.
3: The forever library. I've never heard that before. Have you made that <laughs> up or that's part of something?
4: That's that's what I call it. The forever library.
3: I love that. <laughs> So that's all your past lives, or that's all of universe, all everything of all time ever exists when you die.
4: Yeah, and I think I mean I think we can all access it. It's just, I, to me, it's the thing that makes us like when you think about somebody and then they they call you or you, yeah. know, you, you you have a little foreshadowing of something. It's because you you've tapped in. But sometimes people can you know block the channel either on the receiving side or on the sending side, and because it's private, it's private information. You you got to ask permission to go in there.
3: Oh. You're blowing my mind already. <laughs> so is, is that where like create, you know, I, when we did the podcast before, I talked about the magic, like when you're writing and you get sort of lost and you just are writing. Is that because is that you're tapped into the Forever Library? I think so, yeah. Oh, but but what's this thing? So you sometimes have to shut down your portal to the Forever Library in case people can get in that you don't
4: want? Well, say, say let's, let's go, here's a great example. Um, an ex-boyfriend. Maybe you instead of cruising their Facebook page, you might be like, oh, well, I wonder what he's up to in that feeling state inside yourself. But you might be like, it's not my business. That's We've made a contract to not know one another anymore. So I don't need to access the file. And he might be blocking it. Yeah. And I might want him to block it or I might want to block it and have him not be able to know anything about me. It's, some you know, sometimes yeah. it's the reason why people move to other cities so they can't be found. It's the same thing, except it's in the Forever Library. You know, it's a good example of it is um, in Willy Wonka when all the little particles are flying over Mike TV's head.
3: That's the Forever Library. <laughs> I, I mean.
4: That's just a visual. <laughs> I love this. Right. I
3: mean already I'm stunned into silence. <laughs> well I've got I've got news for you, Moon Zapper. Yeah. Um there is a heaven in this Forever Library. There's a heaven section where you can just hang out. The the only sort of difference with this place for you is that you don't feel abject panic at all times of the day. You feel quite
2: Oh
4: I love yeah, this place.
3: It's nice, right? You actually feel at peace here and um everything you like is there, like um p- pillows, in the background. <laughs> there's pillows in the background there's lots of pillows there you'll love it it's it's mainly mainly pillow based and uh but in this pillow based heaven they're obsessed with films like you and me and uh they want to know about your life through film and the first thing they ask you is what is the first film that you remember seeing
4: the first film is um, i think herbie the love bug nice not really
3: the original the first one I love the Harvey films. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. That's, that's the, that was my first movie-going experience. At the cinema? Yeah, at the cinema. Mm-hmm.
3: Who were you with?
4: I think my mother must have taken me and Dweezel to see it. And I, I, what I remember was like laughing in another space. Like my laughter startled me. That I was oh, like, wow. oh, uh, that it was in another setting, spatially. It went a little farther. It traveled different than it did at home, say. And it was with other people, a shared laugh experience. So I was, maybe that's how opera singers feel when they encounter a space where their voice rises to a rafter or something. Yeah. But I was like, oh, a sound came out, a big sound came out of me.
3: Wow. Where was <laughs> this?
4: Do you, where Whereabouts was this happening? I'm assuming uh, it must have been in, in Hollywood somewhere. And how old were you, may I ask? Probably five. I don't know what year that thing came out, but it was little. So you were with a sibling. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you the youngest?
3: I'm the oldest. You are quite extraordinary to have the awareness of. Oh, this sound is a is in a different space. I'm moving in a different time space at five. I mean,
4: you were you were tapped <laughs> in early. I've I've been lonely a while, Brett. It's it's I I don't relate to adjust anyone. It's it's I have to wait to be interviewed on a podcast with somebody going. Oh yeah, I know that feeling fascinating
3: what uh also the love bug is um i'm sad you don't think it's good i mean no i remember thinking it was extremely silly it's a, a lovely car that's like a dog Are you <laughs> yeah, even exactly. then you thought this is stupid <laughs> this is childish
4: You thought five uh, believe me when we get to the stuff i think is funny you'll be like oh
3: <laughs> grow up herbie
4: um <laughs> all right <laughs>
3: What's the film that scared you the most? imagine this is a long list, is it? Tommy. Oh, that is a fucking scary film.
4: That's a terrifying movie. That one really scared me. And um, what's the one um, with, please, sir, may I have some more? What's that one? Oliver? Oliver. Oliver. That, I- yeah terrifying to me yeah is it oliver reed is he the is he the villain yeah, he's, he, he's still the scariest person the scariest actor like that that role is still it haunts me whatever he tapped into So
3: i tell you uh, you know um you've seen ted lasso right yes you've seen some of it the part yeah, i played ted it. lasso i based on uh oliver reed in oliver
1: Ooh, oh, what
4: <laughs> are you
3: joking right now no I'm not I'm playing Bill Sykes if Bill Sykes didn't beat Are Nancy you joking to death right now no I'm not I'm serious if Bill is- Sykes didn't beat Nancy to death and had a heart that's Roy Kent.
4: Wow wow that is so fascinating
3: I did watch the film again recently it's fucking dark and it's, it's dark It's really dark it ends with... He gets hung. He beats Nancy to death. Then he's sort of hung in the street while people, there's a mob underneath him. And then Oliver sort of, there's kind of a happy ending for Oliver, but not like he's left a lot of destruction behind him. It's a very dark upbringing for the poor boy. Yeah, and Arthur Dodger's and- just, he's not going to change. Yeah, ever. those
4: two Those two movies are bleak and very yeah. disturbing to me.
3: How old were you when you saw Tommy?
4: Oh, maybe eight or nine. I don't know what year was that. Yeah, that was upsetting to me. You know, another movie that has that same vibratory frequency to me is um, Eyes Wide Shut. Disturbing. It just like taps into something so, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I hear it like a like a musical note where you're like, ugh, sour, weird, low. I don't like it. It's like a... <laughs> yeah, Tommy,
3: Tommy's got a vibe about it of like sort of dark chaos or something. Something like where you go like, this is unhinged in a way that makes me feel unsafe. Like, yeah, this isn't necessarily fun. There's something very wrong
4: here. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get yeah. That. Do you like it, being the- scared, or is that something you try to avoid? Given your,
4: I mean, I'm always scared, so mm. uh, I don't love it. But I did hear you talking about how you do love it in one of the episodes, and I and I was trying to, put, I was like, well, I'm gonna. I'm going to pretend I'm Brett enjoying this. You seem to, okay, what would it be like if I did like it? And uh, (laughs) so I actually have been experimenting with pretending I like it. Yeah. How's that going? Good. It is an interesting thing that if you, in the same way that if you're lying in Shavasana, the, the idea of corpse poses, you're confronting your death. And so the idea of like actively saying, I'm going to examine some fear and move it outside of myself in a group mm-hmm. setting where I know yeah. it's safe. There is something cathartic about that, theoretically. Wait a second. Shavasana means corpse pose? Yeah. You
3: fucking, that is, you're a three for three blowing my mind. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Which pose is that? Can you do it for the, for the patrons who are on the vision?
4: Lying flat on your, on your with back. With your arms and, up. You can have it at your, your sides. It's just, it's the final pose. The final resting pose is Shavasana. And to me, it's the most confronting yoga pose. Because it's, you're you're just, you know, it's, you're, you're, you're saying I'm, I'm going to entirely let go, but it's a, it's a nice practice to see what, what could I finally give up, let go of, especially if you're, you know, letting go of things that are painful. Like if you're feeling you're owed apologies, like I, I feel, for example, how you feel you're owed, I,
3: I, I I can understand that. Are you any closer to letting that go? Or do you think think
4: that's a life's work? No, I, th- I think I'm getting closer. I think I, it definitely is a life's work, but I think um, unless you can do it fast. If, I'm, I'm always looking for the most efficient way to do these
0: things. Yeah, so. yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean, it, I think it would be nice if a loving person maybe said the words that no one else is going to say. And it's it's nice when you can say it to yourself, but it's even nicer when someone else can say it to you with a hand on yeah. your belly and maybe petting your hair a little bit. Maybe you're yeah. in their lap. You know, that would be nice. So, Have you read... Eve Ensler's
3: The Apology. I haven't. I'm looking forward to that. Have you read it? Yes. I think it's life-changing as an idea, as a concept. I will quickly tell the listener, Eve Ensler had a terrible, terrible, dark relationship with her father, spent her life waiting for an apology, waiting for him to acknowledge what he did, etc. Sort of blamed all of her her problems in life on him, on on the things that he'd done when she was a child, which were truly terrible. And then he died, and he died having never said the things she needed him to say. And so she wrote this short book, which is called The Apology, which is her imagining him saying the exact words she wanted him to say. And by doing it, it was a sort of act of... An act of letting go, an act of, these are the things I needed to hear. He maybe was never capable of it, but it's on me to accept that. And it's also a very good uh, apology. It's a real good sort of this is how you Template. apologize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so fascinating. And I do. And I've thought about that a lot. I I know I've definitely experienced a lot of this where you're so upset with someone and you want that person to make it right. And all of this, and at some point you have to sort of go, they don't think like I do. They're, they're never, this is never going to these magical words. I'm, I'm, they're not coming cause they, they're not me. And possibly they're not even remotely thinking about this. And I'm the one using all this energy and suffering, waiting for this magical... Anyway, here mm-hmm. we are.
4: Yeah. Uh, the word capacity. I just kind of want to punch it in the taint. <laughs> I mean, this is exactly what I
3: thought this podcast
0: would be like.
3: And I love it. I'm loving it. I hope you're comfortable.
0: <laughs> I am. I
3: mean, you're never comfortable, but I hope
0: you happy. <laughs>
4: Right. What's the film that made you cry the most? Jim Sheridan's In America is one of them. That one kills me. I'm tearing up just thinking about it. That That one just kills me.
3: Yeah. Is there a particular reason that
4: one? That was, I think in 2002. So my father died in 93. And I think, I just didn't see it coming. I'm tearing up just thinking about it. When, you know, the final, the final um, scene on the, on the, um, you know, they're on the the fire escape and they, and um, they're looking at the sky. Ooh. <laughs> it just, it just, I don't even want to give it away for the, for the listeners if they haven't, if they haven't seen the film, but they say a certain simple phrase that we, mm-hmm. we say all the time when we're departing. <laughs> and it just, it just undid me, it just undid me. Cause it's, it was my father's name and it just, I felt like I got, you know extra amplification to to send someone away that i really cared about that film and gravity killed me oh, really? gravity killed me really? killed me like like had to stay in the theater afterwards howling like embarrassingly howling wow yeah that one just another one because, it totally um, captured how I've always felt. Like I always felt like the the things come away from the ship, and I'm I'm free falling in space endlessly.
3: It's I mean the the problem with um, doing these over Zoom. It's very difficult to give you a hug if if you're crying. And I I'm so, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thanks, thanks, Brett. Well, that's a great answer. And both of them, <laughs> uh, I very much relate to the gravity thing. That's her spinning in space forever. Gave me a full anxiety, like full, like, that's the worst thing that could happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's the film that most people don't like? It's critically not acclaimed, but
4: you love it with all your heart. You don't give a shit what anyone says. This is a sleeper film that I think needs a second look. Um, Downsizing. Yes. Alexander, Alexander Payne. Payne, yeah, yeah. I think this is a real. Um, I think this is a sleeper masterpiece, actually. And I know that he, I don't even think he likes it, but I think it's. Oh, really? <laughs> I think it's. I think it's amazing. I, I. I don't know. There's something about it that really just st- struck me in so many ways. So why doesn't he like it? Do you know? I don't know. I wonder if. I wonder if he really believed what the critics said about it, and just was like, "Yeah, I guess it isn't good." Because I. I <sighs> I don't know. I'm fa- I'd, I'd love to, to talk to him about it because I just, mm. I find it, I just think it's great. I think it should be studied really and truly.
3: Yeah. I think it's purely that it was so different from his other type of films that people were just scared of
4: it or something i don't know it was so different yeah it definitely yeah and the structure's weird and the story's weird and there's a character in it that you're just like why is she in this thing and then you're like she's the greatest actress a lot like it's i don't know there's so many pieces of it (laughs) that are so
3: weird yeah great shout very underrated (laughs) Um, what's the what's the film that you used to love you loved it hard and then you've watched it recently and you've gone, oh, no, I don't feel like that anymore.
4: Wuthering Heights. That piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, how dysfunctional. Somebody say something in real time and be in this. press. Like how that was to me the most romantic. What? <laughs> that is toxic. I'm spitting. I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You're right, that is a very dysfunctional relationship and we shouldn't keep celebrating it. They no need <laughs> to fucking sit down and have an actual talk about their feelings.
4: And at some point in the movie when somebody's under the weather they put her in the sun and make her drink cream. I'm like, that is the worst advice! <laughs> 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 under a blanket! Anyway.
3: Yeah. When is drinking cream ever good? <laughs> <laughs> What what century was that the cure? I don't know. What? <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up. I think the Brontes have got a lot to answer for. it's um, <laughs> time we had a, we we revised our views on them. People love that shit. They love a moody geezer. He's a fucking <laughs> they do. Like that's why I think yeah. uh, 50 shades of gray is so popular because regardless of what you may think of it quality-wise etc. it's about a geezer who's shut down a bit moody. <laughs> So it's all, 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 all people are drawn to that dynamic. Oh, he's so difficult, and maybe I can make it work if I just mm-hmm. let him tie me up and smash me about a bit. Mm. <laughs> Been there since the dawn of time in the in the literatures. Yeah, mm. I'm glad you, you called the, that out.
4: What's what's the antidote to that? I mean,
3: <sighs> I guess the the problem is stories about like emotionally well-rounded people just meeting up and getting on aren't perhaps narrative-wise that interesting <laughs> that's the problem with enlightenment isn't it it's boring
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny
3: i think that's it um what's the film that means the most to you not necessarily the film itself is any good because the experience you had around seeing it that will always make it special to you.
4: I mean, there's a couple films. Like, I, I really have a soft spot in my heart for the film Little Darlings. That film also is just, I don't know, it's just, I feel like... What's Little Darlings? Little Darlings is Christy McNichol and Tatum O'Neill and Matt Dillon. And it's about two girls that go off to summer camp and, and they come from opposite sides of the tracks and they uh, this camp unites them and they get into these um, kind of a... Quarrel. They they decide to lose their virginity, and both of them lie. But one actually does lose a virginity, and one doesn't, and they both lie about it. One of the things that really struck me was that was the first time I thought, oh wait, we as the audience know something that that yeah, right. they don't know. So that was like the first time I think I had that awareness of like POV and how that can shift, yeah. and how you give the gift of the POV to the to the audience that that now we're in on something that we're were holding all of the information yeah it makes you have to like you have to decide if you're the if you're going to keep their secrets or not there's something it was very just there was something psychologically satisfying about it but also just a really sweet tender film about you know first intimacies and what that looks like and I don't know just I that really touched me that film you were probably six when you had that realization (laughs) And the other one is uh, Gangs of New York because that one was um, – my I I had a novel come out on September 11th, and I was in New York, and I was two hours into the press, and then the towers came down, and all that hard work that I had done – it was like um, Pompeii. I was like, what was all that for? What was, why did I, oh you know, because I had that, I really had that moment of thinking, my life's about to start. I finally have done yes. the thing. You know, I followed the the Cameron Crowe model of like, if you finally tell your story, all doors open. Yeah. And all doors didn't open. They all exploded, closed. And then it had nothing to do with me. And I was, I, I took something humongous so personally. And so when I saw, and it took me a long time even to be, creative again because it was so much work that just was like boop it's gone and then when i saw that film i had a context for how to understand it and set it aside i didn't there was no other way for me to process it prior to that 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 film
3: holy shit you're not your 9-11 was 9-11 yeah that's insane
4: yeah it's really insane because what's really funny is when the book came out in the uk the first day of press i was in this little you know little bookstore in Manchester, and two skinheads came to, to the reading, and one one uh, right before I started to to read from the book, he says, um, "We're not here for you. We're here for your father." And I was like, "Uh oh!" And I said, "I said, thank you so much. Thank you so much." And then he was so disgruntled that I didn't take the bait, and then he goes, "No, we're not here for you. We're here for your father." And I say. Thank you so much. That is so kind. Thank you so much. And then somebody in the audience goes, That's not very nice. And then they just started punching people in the head in the audience. And I was like, Am I on a cam- hidden what camera the show? Fuck? no it was that and it was like a third of the people like like a one of those test study groups like a third of the people ran for help a third of the people hid and a third of the people like got all scrappy with it and i'm just standing there frozen going i don't know what to do i don't know what's happening yeah. anyway after that after that event somebody said well it, this has never happened before and if I, that is that sentence has been said so many times on my watch and uh, she said well at least it won't be this bad in the states this this will never happen again and she was right <laughs> <laughs> wow why what was
3: what i don't even understand i don't know what would what were these men
4: wanting when they said we're here for your father like that you'd i don't even think him? they were zappa fans that that was so it was so weird so they i don't i don't know they were just they were just hooligans so
3: Fuck i guess me tell <laughs> yeah. uh I, I look i'm sure this is a, you don't have to uh, is it mad to have grown up with
4: completely completely yeah
3: and you always knew it was (laughs)
4: mad yes and i i I usually i tell people it was like having a cross between jesus and spock for a father like even if it was if it was jesus's time i would have been like oh do you have to do everything for everybody can we just have can we yeah oh yeah
3: can we walk on water in in our swimming pool just us
4: just us for a change
3: oh man and that's a different. I was thinking, I, um, I think that uh, must, I don't know, look, you could, I'm sure you've talked about all this, it must be very hard, it must be very hard to constantly, to, to that being a reference. Uh,
4: well, the other thing too, is most people, when somebody passes away, they stay dead and little by little, their mm. voice fades or their image fades or their mannerisms fade. There is no chance this zombie lives on and on. <laughs> zombie Jesus.
3: <laughs> wow. Fascinating. That story of your book is fucking mad. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a mad. I mean, it's difficult not to see that as a sign. <laughs> okay, well <laughs>
4: to stop creating. Just, be a, just
3: be a stay-at-home. subject. Well, I guess. Uh, <laughs> if the world literally ended while I was promoting a book, I'd be like, oh you didn't. I guess you didn't like that one." Okay, <laughs> I'll keep that one. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna regroup. <laughs> Fuck. Um, you're amazing okay so what's the film that you most relate to
4: well again it hasn't been made yet but um i hmm. would say uh yeah gravity probably is the closest to the feeling tone um yeah alien is another one uh i would say uh,
3: who in who in alien the alien Sigour- Sig- Sigourney. Sigourney.
4: Oh, okay oh you know another another movie that that speaks to me is um i can't think of it it's amy adams it's another um yeah uh, leap year no, <laughs> no the alien one uh oh contact. arrival 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 arrival
3: i love that yeah. film why why that one
4: there's something about the responsibility that she, the, the position she's put in the decision she has to make she's a you know like a grand scale space holder literally and a pioneer i mean that that movie is making that makes me choke up too just what she you know those. Those are. I, I that movie was so fascinating. I went to read on about the the writer. I was like, forget the movie. This writer's amazing. Yeah. What is he, is he? What else is this person thinking about?
3: You so. read his book. His book of short stories that that's from. I read that. Have you read it?
4: I didn't. Oh. I didn't read it. But I, I I went and read that piece of uh, uh, um, yeah. about that story and how and then I learned more about how that what
0: that story actually is about and I was just fascinated by it. He is quite the mind hacks is back for season three and so is the official hacks podcast in each episode hacks creators lucia and yellow paul w downs and jen statski speak with cast and crew members to unpack the emmy-winning comedy series
3: Maureen, what's this I hear about you going to film school? I am! I want to gain valuable skills while making films and developing my creativity, so I'm attending the New York Film Academy. I'm thinking about becoming one of them people that writes the numbers on the title board. NIFA is a very respected film school. I hear they offer a variety of options to meet your educational goals, whether you want a BFA or MFA degree, or want to learn at a quicker pace with a short-term programme. That's right! They've got workshops and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, cinematography, screenwriting, producing, game design, musical theatre and more. Are you attending in New York? Might do! They have multiple campuses in some amazing locations like New York, LA, Miami, Italy, Australia and online and you can learn more about the New York Film Academy at nyfa.edu that's nyfa.edu thanks Maureen. Moon Zappa, what is the sexiest film ever made uh,
4: well I, I okay well there's a scene in um, the postman always rings twice come on yeah. Dirty. that is hasn't come up ridiculous. hasn't come up what hasn't come up on this yeah good shout good shout yeah that that is very that's just that's just ridiculous She's yeah. amazing. I think she might be the, she, she exudes sex appeal. Mm. All that jazz. Good Lord. Her, her and Kate Fear. I mean, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's
3: a really good shout and I'm surprised it hasn't come up. And that is on that list of films where people were like, oh, did they do it for real? Because it, <laughs> it looks like it.
1: <laughs> and they
3: were going out at the time, weren't they? So <laughs> it's legit. Good shout. Um, Moon Zapper. There's a subcategory to this question. Troubling bone is worrying. Wide Ons. What's the film you found arousing that you weren't sure you should?
4: Mm, ten, maybe.
3: Why? Why not ten?
4: Because I think I don't know. It's 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 kind of misogynistic. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think whenever whenever I identify with the misogynist in something, I'm like, that's weird. Right. You know when I when I'm objectifying yeah. somebody, it's that's a weird feeling to to be looking through that that lens.
3: That's very interesting. Yes. But, well, perhaps it shows the power of all this culture because it is designed to be arousing and exciting. And I guess even with intellectual lenses
4: on it, it's hard not to be
3: moved by it.
4: Yeah, I would say the same thing with um, Flashdance, that scene with the water and the the shadow. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's necessarily supposed to be for girls to be aroused by. You, you know what I mean? But I was like, yeah. oh, that's interesting. That's why am I having a, a lady feeling about this as a heterosexual lady? That's a. I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another weird scene that that is creepily uh, erotic um, is. Um, oh, God, it's a rape scene in Brooklyn, something Brooklyn. What's her name? Jennifer Jason Lee's in the back of a car getting gang raped. Oh, last exit to Brooklyn. Yeah, last exit to Brooklyn. That scene, right. I'm just like, that I gotta see a therapist after this. I don't know what why did that do? Huh? That shouldn't do the thing. <laughs> no. That, I mean, fair play. That's a
3: perfect answer. <laughs> you can't, that's nothing more troubling than that answer. That is a troubling boner. <laughs> Some people really struggle with that question. You've passed with flying colours. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't surprise me. What is what is objectively, objectively the greatest film of all time?
4: Lawrence of Arabia. Yes.
3: Yep. Okay, moving on. What is the film that you could or have watched the most over and over again?
4: Heaven Can Wait. Really? Mm-hmm. I love it. The original one, the Warren Beatty one? Yes. That, when, mm. that, I love that film so much. That is a lovely film. Yeah. Charles Grodin is so funny. Diane Cannon is so funny. And then just that story is so touching to me. Is it, is it Julie Christie? Mm-hmm. Oh,
3: mamma mia. <laughs> that's a lovely... So and that's the film that got remade a million times. And it was originally called A Guy Called Joe. Is that right? I think so. And then Always is sort of that as well. Mm-hmm. basically he dies and then comes back for a bit
4: yeah and in this in this iteration of it uh he's he comes back in the body of an old man and somebody he shouldn't get along with uh they they, they have a connection and then when he finally wins her over because she doesn't want to be won over by this person then he they they find his, his the alternate body he's supposed to be in there's a, you know, a fuck up in heaven. And then they all remember him, but then he doesn't remember them. So there's this piece of like that they have to start over again and maybe it'll work out and maybe it won't. But
3: hmm.
4: do you remember that, how that, how she, they recognize something in each other's eyes and then he doesn't recognize, he can't, he's lost the ability. He's, he's, he's a fresh being, but she still has to now be the the holder of this idea.
3: I like that idea a lot. You know what? I think one of the most romantic films ever made is Fifty First Dates, the Adam Sandler film. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the idea that you have to start every single day again with a blank slate and make someone fall in love with you mm-hmm. all over again every day. I think that's the key.
4: Isn't that like the enlightenment you were objecting to just a few sentences ago?
3: When you put it like Fifty First Dates, that's not boring, is it? no wow i guess enlightenment's okay
4: <laughs> oh,
3: i'm glad we found our way back to it that was that was the devil distracting me taking me off the path the devil with my ear and enlightenment's boring like, it? yeah it does sound boring go over here. we don't like to be negative i don't think you do
4: either What's
3: the worst film you've ever seen?
4: Bridges of Madison County and the Da Vinci Code.
3: (laughs) (laughs) A a heck of a double bill. Why? I mean, Da Vinci Code, I understand. Why Bridges of Madison, the beloved Bridges of Madison County?
4: Oh, because just this whole thing of like, I'm having an affair and I finally found myself and I'm not going to go with my true hearts thing. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to go back to my family and just continue living a lie, but it's a secret lie, and There's a, like, what garbage? Mm. And then torture the family. And then the fa- the kids find the thing and they're like, wait, what, who was our, who was our mother even? And now we're supposed to be like, what are we, how are we supposed to feel about that? Mm. Other than confused, angry, the complexity, the selfishness. Oh no.
3: You gave up your happiness for us, and we're supposed to be pleased about this, but now we live with the guilt of you could have been happy, but we held you back. You have put all that on us. Why did you even have us? <laughs> and now we have no way to argue it out with you. Fuck you. And this person was obsessed with bridges? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> this is your guy?
4: What did he do? Take Bridge pictures guy? of bridges? Bridges? And, and really Jeff think Bridges? about it, like you know, think about a bridge guy. Really, anyway.
3: That is a that's a great shout. What's the film? means moonsuper, you're funny. What's the film that made you laugh the most?
4: Okay, so well, there's so many, but uh, one that shouldn't make me laugh: Caveman with Ringo what? Starr. And wasn't that what? That's oh, called? I don't
3: know, Caveman.
4: You don't. You're you're not really missing much. But that was as a kid. That one really made me laugh. What
3: is it? It's Ringo Starr as a caveman.
4: Yeah, and um, what's... I want to see uh, that. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was just, that was silly. I can't, that's, uh, I loved all the airplane movies as a kid. I loved all the Pink Panther movies. I mm-hmm. loved Time Bandits was a favorite. Oh, wow. I want to know more about this
3: Game Man film. <laughs> it's Ringo Starr, what, it's like California Man? It's like Encino man but with R- Ringo Starr.
4: It's it's just it's just the most dumb. It's just dumb. There's, you know, I I know the song. I you know I don't want to have to pay money for the to the composer but anyway there's just You're not going to have to I think we all want to hear the song cuz I just You know there's know like a, a there's a blind caveman and he keeps putting his hand in fire. It's hilarious, you know, that kind of stuff.
3: Maureen, what's this I hear about you going to film school? I am! I want to gain valuable skills while making films and developing my creativity, so I'm attending the New York Film Academy. I'm thinking about becoming one of them people that writes the numbers on the title board. NYFA is a very respected film school. I hear they offer a variety of options to meet your educational goals, whether you want a BFA or MFA degree, or want to learn at a quicker pace with a short-term programme. That's right! They've got workshops and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, cinematography, screenwriting, producing, game design, musical theatre, and more. Are you attending in New York? Might do. They have multiple campuses in some amazing locations like New York, LA, Miami, Italy, Australia, and online. And you can learn more about the New York Film Academy at nyfa.edu. That's nyfa.edu. Thanks, Maureen.
5: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail.
3: Moon Zapper, you've been a wonderful guest. You've been everything I hoped you'd be. This has been wonderful. Thank you for sharing everything. However, when you became a cult leader, which isn't, I think, much of a stretch, and um, you've moved your, you and your followers to a hotel in Tuscany, it's a lovely cult, preaching sort of tolerance and love and being good to other people and good to yourself. I think the fact that you kept aggressively calling it a cult raise some alarms when it was arguably a holiday with some friends (laughs) (laughs) but you kept you kept saying it's a cult it's like a cult in it and someone at the hotel over and i think there's a cult in our hotel and they called the fbi as 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 hotels do the fbi showed up you were in the middle of a, a meditation you know you were doing yoga and you were doing corpse pose which again i'm not making any judgment but i feel like that was misleading and um the fbi bang on a door you thought it was housekeeping next thing you know they come in with guns kill you shoot you dead and then they say oh shit i don't think she was as bad as we thought and the followers say we saw what you did and they go you saw it did you and then they shoot all of the followers <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it is a mess now i happen to be passing i was just doing a little tour of um sets from kenneth brown is much ado about nothing so i was in tuscany and uh and i heard about this cult i said like, i didn't know about this cult a bit and i go to the hotel and i said where's this cult and i go uh oh, it's been a bit noisy from that room and i go to the room it's a fucking massacre everyone's dead you are splattered well, i'm sorry but you are splattered against the wall i have to get I brought a coffin with me, by the way. I'm always walking with a coffin, like something out of a Clint Eastwood film. The coffin I had was the size of you, but there's you're splattered onto fucking the wall. I'm having to chip bits of the wall off, pick up bits of the carpet that you're spread into. Anyway, I stuff you into this coffin, but there's more of you than was expected because of all the extra bits that you stuck to. Stuffed you in. It's jam packed. There's very little room for anything. There's enough room for one dvd for a pillow no no pillow i'm afraid oh okay (laughs) one dvd that i can slide into the side of the coffin for you to take to the other side and on the other side it's movie night every night and one night it's your movie night what film are you taking to show the people in heaven when it's your movie night moon zappa
4: today just for today it's going to be um force majeure the the avalanche uh, movie
3: Because you want everyone to feel deeply uncomfortable in heaven.
4: <laughs> remember this feeling you left behind. <laughs> remember fi- having to make choices and having a bit of conflict and it affects everything. And, yeah. this, this was life, right? This was life, guys. Remember it? We're free. It's not a bad choice.
3: It's <laughs> a great shout. happy, um, you've been brilliant. Is there anything you would like to tell people to look out for or listen to or read? Perhaps your novel,
4: novels. Mm-hmm. You know what? I would tell people to read the book *Breath* by James Nestor. That's what I would tell people to read. That book is a game changer. It's a, it's um about how to breathe. Actually, how to breathe. Yeah. It's fascinating. Does it have
3: a section on how to self-promote?
4: Um... <laughs> I'm a cult leader till the end. I want, I want you to be uplifted and empowered and live your, uh, um, th- exceed your, your expectations for yourself. So to go beyond. I love
3: that. To go beyond. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be part of your cult. Thank you very much for doing this, Moon Uh Have a lovely death and good night.
4: Thank you so much. <laughs>
3: So that was another Rewind Classic. We'll be back on August 9th with 10 brand new episodes. Thanks for listening. Hope you're all well. Hope you're having a lovely summer. Thank you to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peaks for producing it. Thanks to iHeartMedia and Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. So that is it for now. In the meantime, have a lovely week and please be excellent to each other.